You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing five things that could be costing your dental practice thousands of dollars. Our guest is Dr. Tanya Brown, dentistry's expert on case acceptance. She understands how each team member is a vital contributor to the success of the practice. For over 25 years, she has worked in every area of a dental practice, from chairside dental assistant to practice administrator to owner dentist and founder of the Center for Cosmetic and Restorative Dentistry. Dr. Brown, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Thank you, Phil. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm sure our listeners are interested in hearing how they could save thousands of dollars. Who wouldn't? So let's start right in. What is one of the things that a dentist or hygienist can start doing to make a difference in their practice? Well, I believe that one of the biggest changes that can have a huge impact on your practice is photography. And that's one of the most important tools that we have in dentistry because photography creates awareness and that allows patients to see what we see. So I would encourage you all to dust off that camera, get trained on how to use it, plug it in and start taking photos. Is there any particular camera that you recommend? Because I know uh, we've had some podcasts about this and everybody totally agrees with what you're saying. I know that Shofu has a really simple camera to use. Yeah, they do. And, and that's the key, I think, is making it simple because honestly, the team members take much better photos than most dentists. You know, I have the big AACD accreditation camera, you know, under my desk and it stays there. But the camera that they use is actually from PhotoMed. Um, Shofu has a good camera as well, um, but make it easy. So whether it's an intraoral camera, whether it's extraoral camera, you know, make sure that you know how to use it. You've got the settings correct and that you're making it easy. Um, and Phil, by the way, if they, if any of the listeners want a photo guide of, you know, sort of what are the best photos to take or which ones should I be taking, um, email me and I'm happy to share that photo guide um, with them. And, you know, it really is, is something that helps not only position the patients of how they should be positioned, but also the view of what, you know, they're looking for for your team. So it's a training guide as well as a guide of what, you know, kind of the most uh, common photo views. So I think many of our listeners would love to separate themselves from decisions made by insurance companies as far as approving services and setting fees and so forth. How can a dentist become more insurance independent? Well, that is a great question because in the beginning, I, you know, when I started my practice 19 years ago, I did believe that it was a smart decision to participate with certain dental benefit companies. And, you know, that helped me to build my practice and kind of get things going because I started from scratch. And then at some point, you know, a few years in, I started to realize that the the impact when I started looking at my numbers that that, that had on my profitability um, and my productivity due to those restrictions and reimbursements and, you know, hassles, you know, you guys, everybody that um, deals with insurance companies and reimbursements understand that. And so, yes, you can absolutely be successful with participating with dental insurance companies, but the key is you have to be good at helping patients say yes and doing more treatment per patient. And when I say that, I don't mean doing things that aren't needed, of course. Um, and then the second part is you must be efficient at everything. So those are all the extras like 
you know, oral cancer screenings, um, making sure that patients are fully anesthetized and that that, you know, anesthetic like Oroblock is what I use in my practice, um, that it's a short onset, that they're profoundly anesthetized. Um, you're saving money, saving time. So you're being efficient at everything. Um, because what, what the truth is, is that the margins are smaller for profitability when you're participating with those plans because they're taking a percentage off the top. And so what I know for sure is that if you can't get patients to say yes when you're on the plans, it will be even more difficult to help patients say yes when you're off the plans. And so the key is not, the, the magic bullet is not getting off the plan or getting on a plan, it's helping patients say yes. And those skills are truly universal. And so it doesn't matter if you're participating or not, the key is that you're, you and your team know where you're going, what your vision is for your practice, and that everyone is co-diagnosing and helping patients say yes. And I've heard from other KOLs that, you know, and I've asked them, how does a dentist talk to a patient about saying, you know, we don't deal with insurance companies here and uh, we'll certainly help you file your claim and hopefully the insurance company will reimburse you directly. Is, is that something that you talk about with a patient in your practice in the beginning, like when they first come in, or does the front desk tell them that before they make their appointment? How does that work? Yes, absolutely. We don't want patients to be surprised um, and not know what their financial responsibility is. So yes, from that very first phone call and their very first visit, they're very clear on what their estimated portion is for that visit. Um, and then we will do our best to estimate their dental benefits um, for any treatment that they're having done in the office, because we don't want patients to be surprised whether we're participating or not. We want them to know what their financial responsibility is. And so one of the ways that I explain to patients is, you know, Mrs. Jones, for years and years, I tried to work with XYZ insurance company and they kept changing the rules of the game. And so I made a commitment to our patients and to our practice and to you that lets us you and I have that conversation, Mrs. Jones, and decide what you want for your health, and we'll help you. We will, we will absolutely file your dental benefits. We will help you figure out and navigate all those restrictions and all that kind of stuff. Um, having dental insurance is not a method of treatment or payment. It is an adjunct to, you know, what you want for your health. Now, did you make that decision to free yourself from insurance companies uh, midway through your career? Sure. It was fairly early on. I want to say probably five years into owning my own practice, because when I started really learning um, at an advanced level through the Dawson program and Spear education, um, you know, Panky, AACD, um, I made that decision that I couldn't practice comprehensive dentistry and be on a treadmill. Obviously, looking back, you made the right decision. It sure, certainly sounds like it. When you talk about connecting the dots, what do you mean by that? And why is so-called connecting the dots so important? Sure. Great question. So, you know, at the end of the day, I can be the best clinician and you can be the best clinician. We can have the best technology. We can take world-class CE. We can have the best team, the best facility. But if our patients don't say yes, then everyone loses, most importantly, the patient. So don't misunderstand me. I know we're talking you know, about case acceptance, but this is not about selling 28 veneers to every patient. This is about spending that time to get to know your patient and building that level of trust and rapport and helping them get healthier. 
And so I can remember back, you know, 15, 18 years ago when I first started practicing, I used to confuse the heck out of patients and overwhelm them. And when I learned to be a better communicator and learned that it wasn't about me, it was about them, that's when things started to change. And so now I have the privilege of being able to help patients and, you know, have a lot of patients that are referred in um, from other patients because they, you know, appreciate what we're doing. And, and as a clinician, that was a very liberating experience to know that the day that I became non-participating with XYZ Dental Benefit Company, that that patient was choosing to sit in my chair because they valued their health and they valued the service that we were providing versus selecting me, you know, off a list or, you know, off the internet or back then out of the phone book. And so I think it's really important that as a dentist, as an owner, and as a team that we help connect those dots for our patients. And so that's really what that's all about is helping them achieve what's important to them. And, you know, to some patients, they want a smile makeover. They come in asking about 28 veneers and they come in, you know, bringing you a picture of a celebrity that they want their smile to look like. And then other patients want to simply maintain their teeth for the rest of their life. And so, you know, that's going to look different for each patient. And that's okay. So it, it, I don't want you to think that, you know, all of my patients have smile makeovers. It's not, it, that's not what it's about. It's really about helping, you know, meeting them where they are and then helping them, you know, to achieve what they want for their health and wellness. So if one of your patients uh, met with their friends, what would they say, do you think, prim primarily, uh, or for the most part, about you as a dentist um, in the process of recommending that person to you? What would they say about you? Well, I think the first thing they would say is after that she has a Southern accent, um, <laughs> the second thing. <laughs> you never know, that might help. That's right. The second thing that, that I've, I've been in Virginia um, 19 years and I still have not lost my Georgia accent. So, you know, what can I say? Yeah, right, hold on. Um, Adds character. <laughs> that's right. The second thing that they would probably say would be that we are comprehensive and that if you want somebody that's going to take the time to listen to what is important to you, then Tanya Brown's your person. What happens when a patient starts saying yes to a specific treatment plan? Ah, well, here's the good news. Here's the fun part. For one thing that I think is really important because, you know, as dentists, we do get on that treadmill and we beat ourselves up. Um, when patients start saying yes, let's say they're in for hygiene and you've been recommending a crown on a tooth or recommending some treatment. Um, the good news is that you will have fewer emergencies. Because I know there is never a convenient time to have an emergency patient added to the schedule. And, you know, of course, don't misunderstand me. There will be trauma and things that, you know, come up that need to be addressed. And, you know, of course, we're not going to refuse those patients. However, what I mean is that when we start focusing on prevention and patients start saying, treat, saying yes to the treatment that we've recommended, there are fewer emergencies due to unscheduled treatment. And this also allows us to be more efficient because as you and I both know, time is money. And so we have healthier, happier patients and a more profitable practice too. So here's a golden nugget that I wanna share real quick, Phil. Um, I want everybody that's listening to go back and look at their x-ray protocol. And I want you to think about it in this way. Decide as a dentist, as a clinician, what you need 
and what is ideal for you. Don't think about dental benefits. Don't think about time restrictions. Don't think about any of that stuff. Think about what you would want to be able to diagnose for your mother, for your best friend, for your husband, for your you know wife. What would you want to be able, what, what x-rays would you want to be able to fully diagnose that patient and then start creating from there your x-ray protocol and you know what x what radiographs do you want do you need how many of them do you want you know 18 x-rays on an fmx do you want a pano and four bite wings do you want vertical bite wings horizontal bite wings and then how often do you want those do you want to take it one time and then 20 years you know take the next x-rays because here's what i know and i'll share a quick story about one of my clients you know when we first first started working together they were struggling with, um, you know, crazy schedule, people running everywhere, patients running the schedule. And so we started talking about their x-ray protocol. And after establishing some guidelines and sort of getting everybody on the same page, now they're taking better care of their patients. They're more proactive and they're more efficient and profitable. Because here's what they told me on our coaching call last month. When we were talking about what was working well, several of their team members mentioned how many fewer emergencies they were having. And so guess what that does for your stressful days when you're already overloaded, when you take those unplanned, unexpected emergencies out of the equation, um, because those patients have already said yes to treatment because you have the proper diagnostic information to be able to show them you know, what you see. So it works really well. So what would be the bottom line with x-ray protocol that you do set up? It helps you see what's really happening below the surface for the patients. So then you can help them avoid dental emergencies, avoid more expensive treatment. Um, many of the offices that I work with that we've done this, they are amazed at what they see. And, and you know, I get it. Like, we don't have time. We've, we've never done this. What are patients going to say? They're not going to pay for it. You know, all those beliefs that come into play when we start to, to look at ourselves and look at what we're doing and, and make positive changes, those things creep up. And what I know for sure is that when patients do say yes, that then that reinforces that, hey, I've challenged those beliefs and we did something different. We, we st took that risk and started talking to patients about it. We took the time to take those x-rays or we rescheduled them to take those full series of x-rays or whatever the, you know, obviously each practice is going to be slightly different. But um, when we take that risk, the patient benefits because now we can see things that are brewing that maybe we couldn't see before. We can prevent them from losing teeth. We can prevent them from being on vacation and having a dental emergency. And so patients love that. And Nine times out of 10, the patients are very appreciative that we see, you know, more than what just meets the eye. So in other words, the typical insurance protocol for taking x-rays may be, you know, a full mouth series every five years. I don't know what it, you know, I don't know what it is. Sure, uh, what, that could be. All right. So you're saying not to be bound to those restrictions. And if you want to take x-rays or you believe you can, you need to take x-rays more often, you'll obviate uh, or preclude certain dental emergencies and which will certainly help the relationship and build a relationship with the patient? Absolutely. Okay. So you, for the most part, it's more, you're obviously going to be taking more radiographs than what a typical insurance company would allow for. 
Um, it could be that. Um, it also could be that you need to take a full series. I've been in many practices where, you know, time goes by, we get busy, we get on the treadmill, and we sort of that five years become seven or ten, or we never even took a, a full series of x-rays. You told us what happens when patients say yes to a specific treatment, um, which is all good news. What happens when they say no? <laughs> well, that's a great question, too, because, you know, we can we're going to get no's. I mean, there's there's there are patients that just don't value and appreciate their health or wellness or appreciate what you do. And, and so, first of all, we have to be OK with that. And then secondly, we have to approach this um, in a way of looking at this. OK, is the glass half full? or is it half empty? And so my um, encouragement to each of you is that for every patient that says no, that doesn't mean that that means no forever. It could mean no, not right now. It could mean that they K-N-O-W need to know more information. And it also could mean that for every patient that says no, you're one step closer to another patient saying yes. Because when the majority of your patients say yes, and they understand those benefits to them, like preventing a dental emergency, like detecting oral cancer, like um, preventing their periodontal disease or detecting that, or, you know, whatever other abscesses, dental conditions, you know, caries, all these things. And so the best thing that you can do is connect with your patient, find out what's important to them, provide that excellent diagnostic care, whether that's photography, radiographs, you know, impressions, whatever that looks like for your practice, and then become a, a master of communication because you'll learn a lot from the patients who say yes, and you'll probably learn even more from the patients who say no. As we wrap up this podcast, um, so what would you say uh, would be the five most important things, just if you could summarize in a list format for us, that doctors should be doing that would obviously save them a lot of money. One would be photography, right? Sure. So here's the here's the bottom line. You know, as a dentist and a practice owner, I realize, and I talk to a lot of dentists, um, that most dentists are looking for ways to improve their practices and improve their patient care. And we all want to take great care of patients. That's why we got into dentistry. And so what I know for sure that if you will, number one, think about what you want and think about your vision for your practice, your philosophy of dentistry, um, I think that sets the tone for everything else. Then number two, take some advanced CE courses, whether that's Panky, Spear, Dawson, you know, LVI, AACD, uh, Viva Learning. I mean, there's so many great resources for continuing education. And then number three, invest in training your team. Um, which sort of goes along with that advanced CE because you come back and you learn all these exciting things and then you need your team to implement that with you. Um, and then the the fourth thing is create that wow new patient experience. And that's that's really what establishes that relationship of trust from and, and rapport from the very beginning. And then number five, really take a ton of photos. Um, it's It's not only great for patient education, and it's great for you becoming better and looking and critiquing your own dentistry and looking at, um, you know, the margins and the gingival frame and um, the contours and the shading and all of those things. It helps us get better. It's a great communication tool with the lab. It's a great medical legal record. There's so many things that photography can do. And 
and let's ask the patient, you know, what do you see in this photo, Mrs. Jones? What's important to you? And nine times out of 10, the patients will see more than what you thought they would ever see. Mm -hmm. And they will say things like, Did, is that my mouth? What's that black mm -hmm. thing? What's that dark spot? And they'll start asking you questions about what's possible, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, that's why I'm not out there doing the case exceptions, and you are, see? Um, <laughs> our, our sponsor for this podcast, by the way, is Perel Pharma, and you did mention that you use one of their products. I actually use a couple of their products, and so I'll just tell you real quickly. Um, the Block is a great anesthetic. Um, I've substituted that. Um, it's Articane, and so I've substituted that with a product that I was using previously, and I've found that it's a cost savings, it's a short onset, um, the patients have profound anesthesia, and it's just a win-win-win. And then the other thing that I use from Perel Pharma is their goggles, which is an oral cancer screening um, device. It's a um, set of eyeglasses that you can use. You don't have to have lots of fancy equipment. All you need is the glasses and a curing light. And so most offices have a curing light um, and it's easy to implement to do that oral cancer screening for your patients, which is another huge value added um, service and sets you apart. On all your patients, you do oral cancer screening, which I think is great. We do. Yes, sir. Yeah. So the goggles I've heard of, the, the healthy tissue yeah. shows up green and the unhealthy tissue shows up darker. That's correct. Yeah. And, and the nice thing about this is, you know, I've had other oral cancer devices and there are lots of them on the market. Um, I actually have several of them in my office that we use. But this is nice because you don't have to have a cumbersome, you know, piece of equipment. All you need is a curing light. And so, you know, we happen to have, you know, five curing lights in our office. And so we can grab the goggles and grab a curing light and, you know, illuminate in any of the treatment rooms. Right. Yeah, that's excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Brown. This has been very helpful. I hope our listeners have uh, gleaned some tips um, on how to save a lot of money in their practice and build their practice, actually, get more referrals. And I, again, I've heard this from other KOLs for sure, that um, separating yourself from the insurance company is something that you never look back on. You uh, develop the kind of practice that you want and the patients that you want, and the referral base seems to grow even faster. It does. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, you, you make more room for the things that you want to do more of. Exactly. And you enjoy your life a lot more. Thanks, Dr. Brown, for an excellent podcast. And we appreciate your time. Hope to see you again soon. Thank you so much.